It begins. It begins. What? No, no, no. No, no, no. No, I thought we got away. I thought we got away with it. Nice. I want to say uh, happy birthday, happy 14th birthday to Eli. Is that you? Happy Eli, 14th, buddy. <laughs> you're going to learn some stuff about Thanks your country. For, yep. <laughs> I, you know, you're 14. It's time to be ruined. It's, uh, you've had a good run. Um, do we want to say anything about anything? Sure. Still t- uh, this isn't going to go out for a while. Oh, I should probably say, uh, you know, I got everyone's hope up with the 300, but I didn't finish it. So that's just going to be a regular episode. You know, fucking deal with oh, it. You and what I'll do is I'll do skip 300, so I'll go 299, 301, right. and then I'll, we'll do 300 like in December, and I'll be like, yeah, that was... Sure, no, that's how this works. That's, that's how, how it works. goes. Yeah. You can, like, if you... Sometimes in uh, buildings, they skip 13. You go 12, 14. Yeah. That's just what we're going to do with yeah. 300. Also it's not... an insane call for a building to be like, we don't have a 13th floor. It doesn't exist. Well, they don't because it goes from 12 to 14. It's still 13 if no, you're counting the floors. Not, no, it is not. It is. Jesus. Do you know? <laughs> no, Just they lost they that skipped, argument fast. No, they didn't. They d- literally didn't put in that floor. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, interesting call on their part. Yeah. I don't have to make the beds here, so whatever. Yeah. Cool. It's not there. Great. Have you seen the John Bing John Malkovich? I have hat? seen. It's sort of like that, but there's nothing. Sure, sure. This was fruitful. Um... I mentioned I'm jet lagged. <laughs> You're listening to the dollop. <laughs> this is a uh, American history podcast. Each week. Nice. I shirt wearer. I have her. Dave, this is really low. Pillow on head sleeper. Dave Anthony (laughs) reads a story to my friend. Uh, Gareth. from American history. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Um, so we have uh, a special guest. Um, he is uh, a Melbourne Comedy Festival uh, favorite. Sure. Arch Barker. A lot no. of stuff. No. <laughs> Will Anderson. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hey, do you want to lose that? He doesn't, um, his body doesn't bend anymore, so. Fuck you. <laughs> My body bends a different way in this country than yours. Yeah, yeah, goes the other direction. Yeah. Yeah, and we've read that. <laughs> How are you, Will? Yeah, I'm good. Um, well, I'm terrible. I have a broken back that means I can't sit down anymore. Yeah. I haven't sat down for nearly four months. Jesus. Uh, it's not great, to be honest. I have a television show that none of you give a fuck about because you're out on a Wednesday night. But, um... Will, 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 I, uh... Will. <laughs> wow, that got weird. It got really weird. 
it's a sit-down uh, panel show it, and I need to sit down for the fucking panel show. And so I've been getting steroid injections in my back so I can sit down to tell jokes on the fucking tally. Like, it's the most wasted steroid. In, like, I get mad at the audience. I get roid fucking rage. Yeah, that's roid rage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But here's the thing. What I really wanted them to do was, like, just dig a hole in the stage. Yes. Better. So yes. I could stand in the hole and Why? then just pretend I was at a desk. Yeah. Why didn't they or do that? I could that? get one of those Sean Spicer Saturday Night Live desks that's just yeah. around my body yeah. and other motherfuckers can stand around it because I'm the host. But anyway, turns out they would not arrange that. So um, my fuck? life is shit now. Yeah. I have been catching the bus. Um, yeah, I know that a lot of you do that. No, no, I'm, it's great. You just said my I'm, life is shit. Caught... I have to take the bus to a thousand people. Who are now like, I take the fucking bus. Yeah, 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 no, they catch trams, but mate, I'm on the fucking side of trams. I'm a star. <laughs> and I, uh. <laughs> like. I thought you meant. I thought you meant you were. Mate, I'm huge in this town. I'm about to host a bi weekly radio show <laughs> that comes out five days a week. <laughs> With my two Bi-weekly friends is who a have state no of idea mind. what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> Bi-weekly is what you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah, it can mean anything. Oh, June 19, 1797. <laughs> okay. What, am I meant to know? Yeah. June 19, 1797. Yep. Hamilton Hume. Am I saying that right? Hume? Yep, Hume. Was born but near... But it's Hamilton. What? Hamilton. <laughs> but Hume, you're nailing, but Hamilton. I don't know what, you're having a seizure. <laughs> Was born near... Oh, boy. Uh, Doesn't matter where he was born near, because he can get to another place anyway, whatever. So, uh... Parramatta? So, Parramatta. Parramatta. What? Parramatta. Parramatta. Yeah, that's yep. pretty good. New South Wales. His father, Andrew, was a free settler who had escaped England after shooting his colonel while in the army. Okay, interesting. So he probably wasn't going to be free very long. Yeah. But he was free when he left. He sure. He didn't get caught. He hopped on it. A... Well, that's disobedient, by yeah, the way. There's super... no way that that's allowed. No, you're not. You'd, no, it's frowned upon to shoot your colonel. It, unless they're like, how about target practice? I'll take it. Right, Yeah. Yeah, weird call. Yeah. Uh, his mother was the headmistress of the colony's biggest girls' orphanage in Parramatta. Okay. Yeah. Sure. The family moved uh, uh, to a grant of 100, 100 acres on the southwestern frontier of the colony. Elizabeth gave her four children a very good education and a respect for local native people. Oh, nice. Okay. She was nice. the only one who yeah, did that. Yeah, I was going to say... From what I've yeah, it read. fell out of fashion. But um, <laughs> good run though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hamilton had red hair and grew uh, to be a tall, fit man. European children born in Australia. I didn't know this. European children born in Australia were looked down upon by the British-born. Oh, okay. That's if you can that's, imagine. That's cool. So a divide. Shocking. Uh, the I mean, literally, they, you know, we were the, where they sent their worst people. So, of yeah. course, they looked down on us. Yeah, but they but were... But what a turnaround, gang. <laughs> you showed them. <laughs> yeah. 
Little did they know this place was beautiful and if we just dug shit up, it was full of gold and oil. (laughs) You guys only look good because of us. (coughs) Oh. (coughs) Oh, my God. We're Adam Sandler and you're Rob Schneider? I love it. <laughs> yeah. And we just made male gigolo too. <laughs> With an option for a third. So things aren't bad in the Schneider camp, pal. I'm doing fine. So uh, if you're born in Australia, you're referred to as a currency lad. Uh, are a white native as opposed to a sterling British. Boy, that's normal. (laughs) (laughs) So that's causing a lot of beef? Apparently that's an issue. All right. There was a strong class divide in Sydney with the wealthy British-born residing on the hills while the white natives lived at the rocks. The white natives lived at the rocks. Yeah, the rocks is... Now club? It's, now it's a like dance down, club? Now it's like the Central Business District, right? Well, yeah, it's the CBD, but the Rocks is kind of like a tourist area. It's near Sydney Harbour. Oh, okay. S- sounds like shit. Um, <laughs> Hamilton no, is... It's really convenient for them, though. Close to the Opera House for shows. Like, yeah, that's true. Real great place to live for the, the, nice, white, yeah. the white natives. <laughs> you don't hear the term white natives a lot. Nope. Wonder why that is. <laughs> the Ham- plight of a taker. <laughs> Hamilton and his brother explored the bush around uh, Appen. I don't know. Sure. Accompanied by Dual, a young local Aboriginal man. The three went on hiking adventures, sometimes for up to four, Sorry, they, di- four days. Did you, did you say they bought Dual? No, they were accompanied by. They were accompanied by Dual. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That was really fucked up. <laughs> That's what I thought you said. Uh. No, no, I'm glad he clarified. So, um, yeah. move on, please. Yeah. Please. With our terrible please history. Please move on. Please move on. Uh, so, the three, when they were like teenagers, would go on hiking adventures for up to four days. Just classic teenage stuff. Yeah, leave home for four days on a hike. Normal. Yeah. They explored a land where no white uh, European had entered yet, and, and they were helped by Dual, uh, and they went as far as Shoalhaven, whatever in the fuck that means. So Hamilton loved the bush, and he had a great sense of adventure. 30 years after uh, the first fleet, the colony was looking to expand. And the government needed bushmen to find the best routes to new pastures and survey the land. And by 1815, Hamilton had a growing reputation and was even visited by Governor Macquarie at his home. Whoa. So he's the shit. All right. Between 1817 and 1824, Hume enjoyed expeditions to places like... I should have just taken this out. No, 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 no. This is my favorite bit of the show. (laughs) Please, sir, go on. Argyle? Sure. Yes? Yes. 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 It has the most famous McDonald's sign of all time because it has the golden arches next to the name of the town and it looks like it says, my ass. Ah, that's dynamite. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Let's go eat at my ass. I mean, Hume actually found that, so I'm going to take that out. <laughs> Port Kembla? Yep. Yep. Shoalhaven. Jervis Bay? Jarvis Bay? Fuck. Dave, you're doing and pretty good. Bateman's Bay. That's not hard. Yeah, Bateman's Bay. 
What? <laughs> Be respectful. I don't like Get that. Get it right. Nope. Mad now. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Hume could speak a number of Aboriginal languages uh, because he actually was nice to them and would talk to them. Sure. But this only confirmed his status as a lowly currency lad. For his work, he received a land grant of 300 acres and he built his first home. William, I should have looked this name up. <laughs> Hovel? Sure. Is sure. that right? No pushback. Ho- Hovel's right? Human Hovel? 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 Is Hovel? it Hovel? No, not Hovel. How Hovel the fuck do you people not know? I just think we'd know if we had like a famous person called Hovel. Like it sounds so fucking street. Where are you going, Hovel? So we no had one, a great night out in Hovel, if no, you know what I'm saying. No one knows if it's Hovel or Hovel. Hovel? Hovel. Hovel. Okay, a lot of people know. Hovel. <laughs> well, they were told to not shout out anything. They were all like, yeah, let him do it. But I asked. Let if him I, go. If I let ask a go. question... All right, so Hovel. Hovel. Have you not read my Hovel novel? (laughs) Everyone has one. (laughs) William Hovel was born in Norfolk, uh, England, on April 26, 1786. He was 11 years older than Hume. Hovel went to sea when he was 10. Hovel went to... I was expecting more after that. Like, what did he go see? He went to sea at 10. Yeah, that's when you get a job. He was working at sea at 10. What's he oh, do? is this the story of the famous pirate Black Camp grow a beard? Because <laughs> he's 11. He can't grow a beard. Anyway, yeah, no. keep up to date with the podcast. It's a really recent one. So I... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he just worked the sea uh, for years. What does that even Hang mean? On, he's he's just... working on ships. But with family or something, right? He hasn't gone as an unaccompanied no, minor. No, he just went alone. At 10. What are you even yeah, they, doing? That's what they did back then. Have you never heard the dollop? <laughs> but I didn't know you could go to sea alone at 10. I that still we can, feels We like... can agree that he was not good. Like, it's a 10-year-old. You're like, guy's oh, so fucking distracted. He probably started out as a cabin boy, which is not hard, I think. What? <laughs> I, my guess please, is being a cabin Dave, boy sucks. What are the actual responsibilities of a cabin boy, bring, to the best you, of your knowledge? You bring stuff to the guy and you throw <laughs> the shit bucket out. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a dream. I didn't say it was good. I just said you could do it if you're 10. My, I make my kid play cabin boy all the time. He's eight. Play cabin boy. Just me shitting in a bucket in the bedroom. Take it outside. I don't know if this is playing. We're playing Cabin Boy. I don't like the game. You're learning about Australian history. I just think you like shitting in buckets. <laughs> For being honest with you, Dad. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of your stories. <laughs> this is how they wrote the Constitution. Shit in a bucket. <laughs> uh, by 22, uh, he had become a, become a captain of a tra- trading ship. Yeah. Uh, in 1813, he, he and his family emigrated to New South Wales. But in 1816, a ship Hubble was captain of wrecked, and the crew survived for 10 weeks on an island before finally being rescued. After that, Hovel was done with being a sea captain. He didn't like it. 
No. Because he almost died on an island? Yeah, he's like, this isn't fun. Okay. Yeah. It was the first sense. season of Australian Survivor. Right, yeah. Anthony LaPaglia, who hosts our version, was very young. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jonathan LaPaglia, sorry. Sorry, uh, someone was mad at me. Oh, fuck. The lesser known LaPaglia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's like the Liam of Hemsworth's. <laughs> They're both pretty good, but one's definitely heaps better than the other one. Like the War Brothers in cricket. Anyway, let's not like we'll Wait, we'll just let's just move on, guys. Let's really... not. <laughs> he was granted 600 acres in southwestern Sydney and took up farming. He made some short exploratory trips into the bush, and as a British-born sterling, fell in nicely with the upper-class society. Uh-oh, I smell a rivalry. In 1821, Governor Thomas Brisbane wanted an expedition to the southeast coast, which is present day. Melbourne. Uh, it's actually that Melbourne. Yeah. Oh fuck! Oh, Was that a joke oh. you've been playing on us? <laughs> You're gonna, you guys are gonna like one of these Melbourne episodes because I'm gonna tell you where that name changed. Oh, God. Where Dave corrects everyone, <laughs> and you're gonna feel great. <laughs> the area had been described by Matthew Flinders from a ship. But he had not been approached uh, by land. So he just saw it. And he's like, should we go on there? No. And off they went. That was what I envisioned Flinders saying. Wait, what? The- he might have had a boyfriend. Flinders. He might have had a boyfriend. Okay. I mean, what happens is he... Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Is this about the vote? Yeah, I'm saying, why do you hate Flinders? Vote, yes. It's a clear message. Yep. Yep. And what is his name again? Matthew Flinders. It's a... it, he's got a street named after him here. It, what? Matthew, Matthew Street. Matthew. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very popular train station. I've just found out about. Oh, uh, here we go. And I, uh, here we go. The train is so affordable. And you can. <laughs> What if we find out Will's getting a cut from the train? <laughs> I'm under fucking the powers of Big Train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Big Train's got its hands all over you. Will Anderson and Thomas seen at nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas is hammered. I fucking hate the track. Thomas, you should not drive right now. I drive better after a couple. That's why the fucking tracks are there. Fuck this. Oh, boy. A lot of steam coming out of his train chimney. (laughs) Seemed pretty miffed. So Governor Brisbane wanted an ardent and experienced traveler who was a bushman and could engage with the indigenous groups along the way. There was only one man for the job. Duel. Hamilton Hume. Damn it. No, that was... So Hume was 26. He was in peak physical condition and was known as the best bushman and surveyor of his day. But the governor had concerns about Hume's youth and enthusiasm. Also, he wasn't British-born. Hmm. He wanted someone more experienced in navigation. So Hovel offered to fund some of the uh, the expedition if he could come along. 
<laughs> Even though he had very little experience in the Australian bush, he was appointed chief navigator and official leader. Oh, no. Wait. Also British-born. Okay. So because he's born in Britain, he's, he's now the main producer. Yeah, he's running the show. Right. Okay. It's going to be fine. I don't think it will be. Brisbane gave orders to fully equip the expedition from the colony supplies, but then immediately started reneging. He ended up offering only six saddles, one tent, two tarps, a few bush utensils, and two skeleton charts. Hang on, just run me through what the checklist is again. We've got six saddles. Six saddles. One six, tent? One tent. I mean, that so seems right, interesting already. Right there. Right that there. That already feels like you've got extra horses or not enough tents. It's, there's... <laughs> Definitely not matching up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I figured some of the guys will just sleep on the horses. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Two tarps. Two, two tarps. Two tarps. Okay, okay. That's two more tents, baby. Yep. Right there. Boom. A few bush utensils. Sure, that's vague. Assorted uh, yeah. bush Assorted utensils. Yeah, what is that? Like trimmers? I yeah. think. Or forks that can also c- cut. It's essentially the amenities pack they leave you at a nice hotel. Right. Yeah. Like there's just yeah. like a tiny little toothbrush. Right, yeah. And a little tube of toothpaste, <laughs> Two maybe a Q-tips, comb. Q-tips, and you're like, shower yeah. cap, why? I don't need that. <laughs> Who in this day and age is like, I need that. And then two skeleton charts. Now, for, let's, let's yeah. walk that's, through that one. That's, so what's so that? You, where to find skeletons. That's part of, what is it? That's so you can find skeletons or avoid them, depending on your mood. Hang on, but, wanna... what, but also, what are they really? Yeah. Have you seen uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. Sure. No, the first so one, and it's... then I assumed the rest of them. <laughs> well, so that... <laughs> so... I saw the previews, they, and I, go, I know what get, that movie is. They get better. They don't. And then a guy... I've seen the and previews, then a guy, I know. And then a guy flies in his dogs, and he gets arrested. <laughs> oh, when Sparrow brought the puppies? Yeah. Uh, that's it, right. This actually just blew the ending. Cute Throat Island. Fuck you. That sounded like one person moaned. It was one person. I'm, I'm assuming she was stabbed because it was very... Very <laughs> odd. Anger. I'm leaving! Yeah. So, Governor Brisbane gave Hume and Hubble his sanction and protection, which meant absolutely nothing out in the bush. Can we get more tents? No. No, but you can but have I'm my, with you, guys. You tell anybody that I got your back. All right, I'll do anything. Can we get another fork? No. I can have another saddle, but not another horse. But it's also a great thing to offer someone, isn't it? You have, what what did he call it? His Uh, sanction and protection. You have my sanction and protection. Whoever you meet and whatever dangerous animal you meet will be warded away by a man they've never heard of making up a thing you don't understand. (laughs) Good luck to you, sir. Good luck. Yeah. And now I just picture six guys dragging saddles across the ground. <laughs> we should have asked for horses. Why did we... Uh... Literally three of the guys have to pretend to be horses. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of fun. It is a little fun. It's a, a little fun. It's adorable sw- is what it is. <laughs> it's adorable. And they swap at lunchtime. Yeah. That's what I... <laughs> uh, all right. Your turn. Get on. Woo. Uh, so Who gets the tent tonight? <laughs> Who's the lucky bastard? So Brisbane ordered six convicts be taken on the journey. If okay. uh, they return safely, they would earn their freedom. Okay. Oh, my God. Is this some sign of suicide squad? 
Oh. Oh, interesting. This is what it is, right? You've gone, we're going to get the baddest of the bad and take them with us to sort out this trouble. It really is. Is this the origin story of the movie Suicide Squad? Is this Captain Boomerang's origin story from Suicide Squad? Again, this would be killing if more people had seen that movie. But I uh, (laughs) believe me, go home, watch the movie, write me an email, willitwillanderson.com.au and go, a fucking nice one, Ando. That was a good joke. But... (laughs) What if I, I emailed you later? I, I liked it. I mean, comparatively, I just hope that this story is actually good as opposed to Suicide Girls, which... Squad. Squad. <laughs> which I <laughs> s- still <laughs> masturbate to. Huh? Wait, where's that? Where did that... Are you reading? What's I think happening? I'm reading. Are you sure you think I you're reading? I don't know. I'm, ta- I'm having... Definitely talking. Yep. Talking a bunch. Yeah, words are coming out of my words face. Words are coming out immediately, yeah. I don't. Tattoos are... Sorry? Hume... Uh, guys, get... we only have five saddles now. This one's stained and ruined. So, <laughs> Sorry. Hume picked three convicts, Henry Angel, James Fitzpatrick, and Claude Bassoa. Angel had been transported for stealing 40 pounds, but he was actually framed by his uncle. Fitzpatrick was a large, strong man and an Irish activist, and Bassoa was a cocky little guy who bragged about being a boxer, but in reality was a coward. <laughs> it's when... a motherfucking suicide squad! <laughs> <laughs> Why, when you went through it, did I know the last guy was an idiot? Yeah. I was like, I don't like his name. Uh, Hobble's convicts were William Bollard, Thomas Smith, and Tom Boyd. Tom Boyd was a courageous man who was transported for highway Tom, robbery. Tom hey, Boyd? Was his Tom name Tom Boyd? Boyd? Tom, Tom Boyd. Boyd. Boyd or Boy? Boyd. Oh, Tom Boyd. Okay. I was uh, going to say. Uh, Hume, Hume got Because it on... sounded like Tom Boy. Yeah, don't touch me. Okay. Hume got on well with his convicts. Hobble did not get on well with his. Okay. So after Brisbane backed out of the funding, the expedition was mostly financed by Hume and Hobble themselves. To raise money, Hume sold uh, an important iron plow, which was very sought after in the colony. What? People had plow envy? This is a time. Imagine. Just imagine being atop that monster, huh? Oh. I mean, but imagine a time... Where were you? You weren't at the plow again, were you? No, I was uh, feeding ducks, I promise. Get my hands on that baby, though. (laughs) Wouldn't be rough, huh? Imagine a time when, to raise money, you sold a plow. Uh, uh, You're talking about my fucking childhood. (laughs) (laughs) Plow day was our fucking day. Every year. Can we sell a plow this day? All right, we'll sell a plow. Yay! You know what? Just stop. You, no one's buying your I'm a man of the people shit. <laughs> you, you're on buses. You're on the side of a bus. He's on plows, too. <laughs> Putting in the hours. Um, uh, Hobble sold some of his land. They each brought, brought a cart as well as three horses and five steer. For food, they brought a few sacks of flour, a barrel of salted pork, tea, tobacco, coffee. Each man had a gun, and Hume brought his kangaroo hunting dogs. Okay. okay. You guys still have those? Because that's the most fucked up sentence. Uh, it's not good. The expedition, apparently, a lot of people had them back then. I, I would think in a matchup, and this isn't just based on our Fosdite conversation, but in a matchup of dog v. kangaroo, yeah. 
I guess I'm having the realization as I'm saying that that they didn't care about the dogs. Right. <laughs> Keep going, bud. The expedition uh, was... If the... we have enough dogs, they'll get tired. <laughs> Worst case, we ride a couple. We're, we have saddle. We have too many saddles. No. So the way it works is you have a dog. The dog's supposed to kill a kangaroo. Then you eat the kangaroo. But if the kangaroo kills the dog, you eat the dog. It's a fucking win-win. Oh, my God. Welcome to the bush. I want to go away. <laughs> the expedition was the first to use a pram. What? Huh? <laughs> Hang on, what? You a mean pram? a baby carriage? What do you mean? Yep. Like a thing? They used a pram. Uh, it, they used a on. baby carriage? Which had a primitive odometer hooked on the wheel to measure distance. Hang was on, it was a fucking Fitbit? <laughs> Is this the origin story of the yeah. Fitbit? Yes. <laughs> yes. Was the problem that it just wasn't adorable enough? So they were just like, throw it in. Oh, put a little bonnet on it. Oh, look at that. Hang on, what did they use the pram for? <laughs> they, it's, it's, it was a wheel that turned. and it would, Who came it would... up with the items on this? <laughs> I mean, the pram had been being used in the colony for ages. It would, they used it to measure land. It was the only pram hooked up for mile reading. Pardon? <laughs> There's no baby in it, and they <laughs> and they take the pram out, and they just, it measures how far they went. It's better than counting with your f strides. Get a baby. <laughs> Buddy? Oh, sorry, I put hey, myself bud. to sleep. Yeah. Um, you uh, got, by the way, before you napped, uh -huh. you went crazy on prams. <laughs> Absolutely crazy on prams. <laughs> uh, on October 3rd, 1824, the men left uh, Hume's farm heading for his other property near Lake George where the expedition was officially to begin. So they had to go from his property to his property before they were like, okay, we're officially... <laughs> okay, it's stupid. That's weird. They took uh, it pretty easy over the first few days with the bulls pulling the carts and Claude Basua pushing the pram, which became known as Claude's Wheelbarrow. Oh, uh, this pram having a plot line is just insane. <laughs> if we find out this entire story is about this fucking pram, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a massive misdirect. <laughs> they spent the first few nights at different settlements in Mittagong yeah, Range. Mittagong. Yeah. Hume and Hobble slept in the tent together while the convicts slipped under the tarps. Okay. That makes sense. At night, Hume would mark the... Uh, their journey on his chart while Hobble made notes in his diary. On the sixth night, they checked their compasses and Hobble's navigation instruments. While Hume's worked perfectly, he, Hobble's tools were either defective or he was just shit at navigation. Did he try putting them in a pram? Put a diaper Stop. on him or something? Stop. Little Stop. baby shoes? I like the pram. You're hurting my feelings. <laughs> This dude's crazy about prams. He loves prams. Weird. Christ. The next day, they came across their first river. Fitzpatrick did Ever? not... Ever? Well, on the... On what the... is this? <laughs> Water? My God! This is a game changer! <laughs> <laughs> We're also about to invent the submarine! <laughs> Put the pseudodometer in it. Fitzpatrick did not know how to swim, so Hume told him to hold the tail of one of the bulls 
which he did. And he got across, and when he got to the other side, Fitzpatrick just started laughing in triumph. And as he did, the bullshit on him. Uh, <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> personal revelation. Uh, I was, uh, when I was 14 to 17, I used to have to uh, milk cows before I went to uh, school. And I After got- the plow. Yeah, my famous catchphrase, don't have a plough, man. And I uh, would get up in the morning and I would have to milk the cows before I went to school. And it was freezing cold in East Gippsland. And um, one morning it was so cold. So my job was to take the milking machines off the cows. And so essentially all you have to do is just take the machines off and you have to watch for the cow's tail coming up because if the tail comes up, they're about to like shit or piss. And one morning it was so cold that my brain said move and my body went, nah, this will still be better. And the cow shat on me and it was warm and it felt okay. Anyway, so... Sorry. And that was the moment I decided farming, not for me. (laughs) Are we insinuating that it's almost a lever on the back? That he grabbed the tail and it was like, I must be ready. My tail moved. It's more a warning sign. Yeah. It's so, more like if you see that coming, you're meant to step out of the way. Right. But my body was like, nah. Yeah, there's like a, it like goes ding, 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 ding. And then it's All up right. and then out it comes. Man, I wish you had a POV camera on. Uh, so they made it to Hume's other piece of property and they rested there for four days. And on the 17th of October, they set out into areas not yet settled by Europeans. Okay. Oh, here's a fucking name. On the 19th day, they came to the Murrumbidgee River. Sure. Mur- Murrumbidgee? That's Murrumbidgee? Not bad. Yeah, not bad. All right. Which was flooded. Hume tried to make a canoe out of bark, but it cracked and failed. At this point, Hovel cried out, quote, We shall never get on with our expedition. We cannot cross these rivers. Oh, my God. Negative Ned all of a sudden. Not helping. So Hume took the wheels off the carts covered them in tarps, and made a punt, also known as a gondola or dinghy. He made a little boat. Okay. Mocking Hobble, he told him, it's a boat. Hume and Boyd then swam across the freezing cold river with fishing line between their teeth to secure a rope on the other side. This allowed them to get the carts across. Hobble swam across and did nothing to help move the other supplies. I didn't realize that Hume was the original fucking MacGyver. Like... (laughs) Look at this guy. He's like, we'll make it into a boat. It'll be fine. What do you want? A gondola? What do you want? Speedboat? Jet ski? What are we talking? Let's do this. Kayak? What are we after? In his diary, Oval made it sound like... Who didn't he... keep a diary? Was that just everybody? Everybody kept a diary. I'm journaling. Everybody had a diary back then. So it's like a YouTube channel. Yeah. Everybody right. fucking did it. Okay. Uh, Hubble made it, uh, it sound like he was part of the solution. Quote, we were fortunate enough to succeed far beyond our expectations. And <laughs> did we accomplish what we thought impracticable? Hume saw it differently. Quote, my associate, Hubble, had he been dependent on his own resources, would not have under any circumstances crossed <laughs> the river. So, so we now have the odd couple in a tent. Yeah. On October 23rd, they faced a series of steep hills, so they sent two parties to find a way through. Hume went with two men, and Hovel went with Tom Boyd. Hovel quickly got lost, and he and Boyd spent an uncomfortable night out in the open. In the morning, 
Boyd told Hobble he would never go anywhere with him again. <laughs> okay. They were finally saved when Hume fired guns off as a signal to, for where they were. Turned out Hovel had been going in the wrong direction the whole time. <laughs> Every man at that moment completely lost confidence in Hovel, the chief navigator. Okay, good. Angel later said, quote, in fact, he was the worst man in the party except Claude. <laughs> it's an every colonel. Okay. Now I get it. Australia is Hume and you guys are Hovel. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're Claude. <laughs> I think we're the odometer in a pram. <laughs> On the 25th of October, Hume decided they would have to leave the carts and some of their gear behind as it was too difficult to move with all of it, so they camped and decided which equipment to leave behind. So we're going to leave Havel, two saddles. <laughs> I think that's it. Hume took his tarp. Havel decided to leave his tarp behind, the uh, thing the convicts <laughs> sleep under. Okay. Uh, they set off west along an <laughs> aboriginal track Hume had heard about. So Havel started complaining that his arm was sore from marking trees with the axe. Oh, my God. And Hume thought it was totally pointless to mark trees with the axe, but he still refused to let another man take over for Hovel's pointless job. <laughs> That's the best way to play it. Uh, at the start of this story, I thought, oh, you're going to ruin Hume for me, but I'm loving him more than oh, ever yeah. so far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hume's pulling great. The high, rough country sapped the strength of both men and the bulls. For five days, they scrambled up and down cliff faces. The heat was blistering, and there were blowflies and mosquitoes. Hovel wrote that his legs were one big sore. Jesus. Mm, Hot. That's terrible. They finally reached a uh, grassy, flat uh, area, rested, killed a kangaroo, and caught crayfish. Okay. They saw lyre birds, lyre Liar. birds, lyre, lyre birds, lyre birds. But Hobble, I'm a dog. Uh, well, <laughs> don't say it. They actually woof 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 woof. Yeah, woof woof woof. Ra 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 Give me some treats. <laughs> that was a fucking close one, huh? I'm starting to think they know what dogs are. You're a fucking liar. Yeah, I am not. I'm your buddy. Don't touch. I'm your pal. Okay? It's just a liar, man. Look, I'm a human lawyer. <laughs> you know me. Hobble called liar birds pheasants. So, there's the real liar. <laughs> liar man. On November 8th, they... <laughs> In this day and, and age. And by the way, while we're at it, that is not a fucking pram! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On November, November, November 8th, they saw the Australian Alps. I didn't even know you guys had that. Congratulations. I don't think we'll do patronize me, motherfucker. <laughs> We've got Alps. I didn't know you had mountains. No, Hume we have decided we they... Have mountains. Eh, sort Hume of. Hume decided... <laughs> snows sometimes. <laughs> That's great. I like a bit great. in nice. one place. That's yeah. cute. If yeah. you go there, it's, cute. it's up a bit. Uh-huh. You have to drive uphill yeah. for a bit, a yeah. couple of hours, sure. and then like for eight days uh-huh. in a row it snows. Oh. So, so, Alps. Ski season. Uh, yeah. I, uh, 
Hume decided they should head west to avoid the mountains, but Hobble disagreed. This became a furious argument, so heated that Hume and Hobble decided to separate and continue independently. Wow. (laughs) So they're divorcing. But also I feel like Hume was more in favor of this idea than Hobble. Yeah. Well, I hope they get joint custody of the pram, because that is so bad for an odometer when one of the parents leaves. Well, this meant they had to divide the equipment. But they had already reduced the amount of gear they were carrying. So they agreed to cut the tent in half. What? They're fucking King Solomoning a tent? That does not... Doesn't seem like the best plan. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that supposed to be a moral moment? Instead of like, all right, well, then half it goes. There it is. I think at that point, it's not a tent. No, it's two more tarps. <laughs> Um, <laughs> How do you get to the point? <laughs> okay, yeah. Fair All right. Pat. We cut the tent in half into two tops, yep. and we take three saddles each. Yeah, <laughs> but I want them cut in half. So six half saddles per. I'm not an idiot. They uh, could not come to an agreement over the frying pan. Cut it in half! They physically fought over it and broke it. Splitsies. Turn it into, like, BFF (laughs) necklaces. If they come together at the end of this story and join the frying pan together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hovel stormed off, taking his convicts. Uh. Tom Boyd said, quote, I had to go with Mr. Hovel. Ah. But after a while, Boyd realized they were heading straight into the snowy mountains where they would definitely get lost and be totally fucked. We'll be fine. We have three tarps and a quarter frying pan. It took a while, but he finally convinced Havel, who, uh, who let Boyd guide them back uh, to Hume. So this convict Boyd talked him out of being an idiot. Sure. Havel claimed in his diary he suggested going west around the mountains. You know, diaries are like reality show confessions. Like in this time. Yeah. That was just the aside where you'd be like, Havel doesn't know where he's going. <laughs> he's the worst. I'm never going with Havel again. The following day, <laughs> it was very awkward as they headed southwest. But the mood was lifted when they came to the best country they had ever explored. The dogs killed... I just realized what's happened. They've had this massive fight to the point where they've broken their frying pan in fucking half. They've cut their tent in fucking half. And then like a couple of days later, they're back together like nothing fucking happened. (laughs) No one bring up. Do you want an egg? Just don't fucking mention it. Just hold them together and don't fucking mention it. Yeah, yeah, but every night when they get in the tent, you son of a bitch. (laughs) They start stitching it back together. I mean, it'll just be warmer. It'll just be warmer for us. Do you want to be a bigger little spoon? How do you want to... <laughs> They're like a band who split up, but then realized they were no good solo yeah. and had to come back for a reunion tour, but they all fucking hate yeah. each other. So all they do is communicate on stage. Yeah. But Havel's Garfunkel. He's like, let's do this, huh? I miss writing songs with you. I'm just here for half a frying pan, motherfucker. Um, the mood was lifted by the best country they had ever found. The dogs killed two kangaroos, though one dog was injured in the process. Cool, so everybody's winning. 
Next, uh, next they headed out and they were back in wild mountain terrain. Clouds of flies and mosquitoes followed them. Havel was losing it. Quote, I have no plan to adopt unless it is to be like the natives themselves and go naked and lie on the dirt and smoke. Wait. What is he saying? I well, do not What know. I love about Hovel is he's the original oversharer on Facebook. That's what he feels like. He's the guy who's like, oh, Hovel's drunk again. He shouldn't be near fucking Twitter. But all his opinions are coming. Fucking blowflies. Keeps bringing them up. It's, you're in the fucking bush, mate. Fucking get used to the flies. Harden up, motherfucker. <laughs> it's Australia. There's flies everywhere. That's actually your guy's uh, uh, tourist slogan. <laughs> It's Australia. There's flies, flies everywhere. everywhere. No, it's Virgin Australia. Flies everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but what is he saying? He's saying basically he's just like, the only way to do it is if you just get I, naked and smoke. I think he's saying he doesn't want to do this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is the subtext, I feel. They exited the mountains the next day and camped on what is now called Mount Pleasant. They were there and they were in such uh, good spirits. Uh, what? <laughs> they are now in such good se- spirits that they were singing as they walked. What? So they're the dwarves? <laughs> <laughs> Hume often scouted ahead of the group, and on November 16th, he ran back to them excited. He discovered a big river, which he named the Hume, after his father. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. I mean, fucking good work, Hamilton. Yeah. That's fucking great. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not after me. It's after me fucking dad. Uh, as long as it's after your dad, otherwise it's bullshit, because it's... Uh, but God rest his... Absolutely. I respect your decision. No, fair enough. Yeah. I'll just take this pond over here for my dad. <laughs> Hovel Pond. It's got a fun ring to it, don't it? Uh... <laughs> Crossing the Hume was not as exciting as naming it. They didn't have a cart this time, and the river was uh, 60 meters, 70 yards for those people who live in a country that won't get together with the rest of the world. They walked... Again, the maths of that doesn't seem quite right, but anyway, move on. Yeah, it doesn't, does it? No. So, uh, 60 walked... meters is definitely not 70 yards. No, it's But not. anyway, let's yeah, move Who on. cares? <laughs> it's, it's American math. You just say whatever you we want. We didn't count on someone who knew both. No. <laughs> He it's, had me. I was like, that's accurate. The way, the way American math works is, is we say it, and then if someone says you're wrong, we kill you. It's pretty simple. Uh, we they, can count bullets. They walked up and down uh, stream for two days, but could not find any trees or anything that would help them cross. The Maybe great, we should call it the hovel. <laughs> it's the Hume. It's already Just got a name. It seems now that it's really shitty. <laughs> The great man of the sea, Havel, started whining again, saying they should turn back and go to Sydney. But Hume had an idea. He used his tarp and a frame made from a wattle tree to build a craft. Havel refused to get in. Finally, Hume yelled at him, If you don't do what I tell you, I'll throw you in. It worked. Uh (laughs) The men got across the Hume River. Havel wrote in his journal that it was his tarp they used. Good to point that out. Cool he's guy. Like, he's like I mean, Trump. Technically, he's half of the fucking tent. Yeah. At best that they use. But also, if you're lying in your own journal, it's purely for the idea that others will read it when you're gone. So you're and just like... let's be honest, 
this night has proved him right. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> truly, he's got all. Yeah, he yeah he wrote his take. <laughs> so <laughs> he'd be so happy. Oh, thank God. <sighs> I thought I was crazy. So have they used my vision boards? <laughs> no. No. Oh. Dioramas don't just your journals. So Havel now started totally rebelling. He said the tarp, his tarp was wearing out and that they had completed their mission when they found the Hume River. Hume, well, we're done. Hume was That's pissed. Good. Quote, I do not think it necessary to point out the defects to, of the tarp to the men. If they don't like to risk themselves in it, they can stop and be damned. Havel ignored him and talked Claude over to his side. Now Hume was really pissed. He wrote, quote, I told Mr. Havel that I would prefer being rid of him altogether rather than having one in his position setting such a bad example. I gave him to understand very plainly that for me or all I card, he might just remain on the side of the river he was on, but I was determined to pursue the journey as originally intended. Okay. So Hume called Havel and uh, Claude cowards. He then picked up Claude by the scruff of the neck, shook him, and threatened to throw him in the river. Quote, I frightened the fellow into crossing with me. <laughs> I mean, okay. that, that feels like workplace bullying, but... It, it, it frowned I, upon now. I but... feel like if there were no rivers, they'd get along fine. Yeah. But this is the third river, and it's not going well. No. <laughs> now alone in his rebellion, Hobble said he was going home. Once again, the group split up. They decided... Uh, they again divided up the equipment. All right, let's do this shit one more time. We know whose frying pan half is whose. The... Unstitch the tent. (laughs) (laughs) So awkward. Why did we even get back together, huh? (laughs) Separate the shit again, huh? (laughs) Tom Boyd told me it wouldn't work out. Oh, yeah, well, I should have always listened to Tom Tom Boyd. Boyd. Oh, why don't you just go hang out with Claude? Oh, don't even bring up Claude. This is unbelievable that you would say that right now. <laughs> that is just vintage classic you. Uh. Hume, that's what you do. <laughs> the once again very sad Tom Boyd wrote, I was obliged to remain with Mr. Hovel. Uh. So Hume, Man, it's not unusual for me. You won't understand this reference, but it's not unusual. I've got to get it off my chest because it's the only thing I think every time you say this man's name. But anyway, he, the Tom Boyd wasn't happy with his original club, and then he went to a new club and he <laughs> won a premiership. So I, uh, yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. I get it. <laughs> well, he switched clubs. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> think we don't know and about now, Tom Boyd. I can move on from the one thought that's been in my mind every time you've said Tom Boyd for the last fucking hour. So, go on, please. <laughs> totally, hi- totally hijacked the show. Anyway, you kicked this fucking really good goal in the grand final. Like, it was amazing from the centre. Like, Dale Morris had a broken back and Buddy Franklin, their best player, he had the ball. And then Dale Morris, with his broken back, tackled him. And Tom Boyd, our recruit from another club, grabbed the ball and out of the centre, he kicked a fucking goal and it won us the grand... Anyway, let's move on with this podcast. I'll just move on. We can move on. Is he talking about Midnight Oil? (laughs) 90%. Yeah. 90%. (laughs) 
So <laughs> Hume and his men then crossed the river easily. And when Havel saw, saw Hume cross the river so easily, uh. he started shouting from the other side and begging for help to get across. <laughs> Havel then made Tom I Boyd... I miss us! <laughs> Let's stitch the tent again! I was emotional! My God, I meant like less than half of that. A frying pan only works when it's whole. I want you to want to do the dishes. (laughs) Oh my God, if I don't get over there, it'll be impossible because I'm filling this side with tears of regret. God, I miss it. I need my little spoon back. So Hobble made Tom Boyd swim across to get the boat for him to cross. Here's a good idea. You do everything. Hume later wrote that the trip would have been fucked if Hobble had gotten his way. And Hobble wrote that it was his tarp and that it was a good idea Boy, to make he, the boat. He keeps, he keeps claiming his tarp and uh, just... But also... It's half the original fucking tent. Yeah. So it's a random idea whether it's his tarp or the other guy's fucking tarp. Matters it's not. not. Some... <laughs> really? Fucking, he, loves, like... he loves his tarp. Yeah, like, his loves tarp's it. doing work. So on the other side of the river, once again, it was super awkward. They continue south. Hey. Hi. You good? Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I, were you here? There was a crazy guy on the other side of the river just... Screaming shit. Uh, ha ha, very funny. <laughs> I know I went a little crazy. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Just wanted to see if you... Well, I'm sorry. S- did you say sorry? Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, it's like... <laughs> Fucked what? up or whatever. What? Fucked up or whatever. It's like I should have, like... Hmm? Dude, my tarp got us, like, most... You know, so... You know, uh... <laughs> I want to relive it or whatever. You lost weight? Skinny, yeah. They continued south. <laughs> they were now exhausted. Their clothes were wearing out, and the bulls were struggling. They shot a few kangaroos and caught a brolga. Sure. Which is a crane-type bird that they ate. I do brolga. not believe it. <laughs> it was a liar bird. I'm a brolga. Shit, I'm running out of shit. I really am. I'm out of fucking lies. You well, told me you were a dog. Uh, ruff, 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 ruff. <laughs> <laughs> wagstail, wagstail. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Around this time, they became aware of the aboriginal fires that were burning on both sides of them. Hume was actually using aboriginal tracks and uh, abandoned campsites to guide the men. On the 24th of November, Havel decided all the river, uh, river waterways they had been crossing flowed to an inland sea. Oh, okay. Which was a common theory on the continent at the time, and he wrote about it in his diary. Hume thought it was bullshit because the Aboriginal people had never told him anything about an inland river, and they would fucking know. Oh, by the way, spoilers, it's bullshit. 
uh, does not exist. Even you guys though, just haven't found it. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I don't know if this is in your fucking story, but like, there's some people who <laughs> still believe that there it is there. Oh, like, shit. there's popular radio hosts who put out the idea. There's a guy called Alan Jones from Sydney who talks. <laughs> A few years ago about we've just got to find that inland sea and we'll be fucking fine. Well, you got to be careful. You'll fall off the earth. It's flat. <laughs> Go too far. I don't even... <laughs> Those people need to just go try. Go for it. Go. Be a way of thinning the herd a little. At the Buffalo River, Hume's horse fell on its back in the water and ruined most of the flower. It's it was not carrying. the horse river. I mean, what do you expect? The hunting dogs were now exhausted or wounded in two a week to bring down kangaroos. On Monday, December 6th, they went through bush that was so thick they couldn't see more than 10 meters ahead. That night, they were exhausted. So Hobble rewarded the convicts with a nip of brandy, which made them incredibly thirsty. (laughs) That's before they knew alcohol dehydrated, huh? They spent the night being attacked by leeches and flies. The next morning... Hume tripped on a log, falling on a jagged branch that went into his groin. (sighs) Well, for me, that's when I'm like, all right, no, we can go back. (laughs) He was in so much pain that they had to stop. He named the peak they were on Mount Disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) It's better. I mean, it's good to know that he still had a sense of humor. Yeah. Well, and he's still being fairly polite. You could easily just call it like, Mount, ow, my balls. <laughs> oh, you talking about the famous mountain, oh, my nuts hurt. <laughs> Mount, oof, my dick. <laughs> so they had to wait five days for his balls to get better. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go check on his balls real quick. How are your balls, bud? You know, they only got, Hovel's writing in his diary, they only got better when I wrapped them in my tarp. <laughs> I created a tarp-like scrotum for him. (laughs) And I got Tomboy to hold it on the journey. Jesus Christ, I'd love to. I am not sleeping under the tarp. Can you see how much it smells? See. Fuck. Can you see how much it smells? I'm going to (laughs) leave. Fucking jet lag. Oh, no, on this side of the equator, you can see smells. It's, <laughs> it's different here. Yeah, but we smell sides. Yeah. Um. <laughs> That's some bus knowledge. Oh, God, a Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now their food was almost gone. One morning, That's he, fine. Hume went scouting ahead. And when he came back, he found that Hubble had started a rebellion. What? Him? Hume was furious. Hovel had destroyed the last of the group's morale. Like, he, he left him for a couple hours and he came and back and everyone, now everyone's Hovel. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> everyone say, okay. Hume wrote, quote, I found a strong disinclination among the men to proceed further. While I was trying to reason with them, Mr. Hovel stood aloof and mute. Hume did everything he could, showing them the map, explaining how far they had come, and he finally convinced them, but promised if they didn't reach the South Coast in the next three days, they would give up and go home. Okay. So Hume did everything... uh, I'm sorry. Hume was scouting ahead when he started to feel the ground was sloping south. 
He cheered, and the men came to meet him, except for Hobble, who was fixing the pram because Claude had run it into a rock. <laughs> According to Hobble's diary. <laughs> I'd love to get my hands on Claude's diary. <laughs> Fucking Hobble. <laughs> that is how you want to see him, though. Late being like, one of the wheels is off. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Stupid odometer. Hobble eventually joined them. Even the stubborn idiot could see Hume was right. They were heading down to the coast. The next day, it was all downhill. Hume said he could see water, and Hobble ridiculed him. <laughs> the, fam, the pram finally completely broke, and Claude threw it away. They named its resting place Mount Odometer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Now you're just making shit up. That's not true. Is there really a Mount Odometer? That's what it said in this book. Mount yeah. Odometer? <laughs> okay. All right. Creative. I vote for it. The next day, they Feels came sucks. across an aboriginal campsite with oyster shells lying around it. Uh, okay. Hume picked one up, looked at Hobble, and said something to the effect of, so where did these come from? And Hobble replied, from the sea, of course. <laughs> Duh. Duh. They what are you, up. stupid? Hey, this guy's pretty stupid. Do you hear what he just asked about the shells? He asked where it came from. Obviously the sea. <laughs> I can't believe I used to have a full tent with this guy. <laughs> I'm so much better off now, now that I'm playing the field, as far as tent mates. You know what I mean. The next day, December 16th, they made the coast. They camped and ate fish. Human hobble cut a large H into a, uh, the only big tree in the area. Hobble never mentioned in his journal the success of reaching the coast, just his worries about getting back. Wait, the H is adorable. I love yeah. the it fact that they've got there and they fucking tagged the place. Yeah. But they also like were like, let's not say yeah. who it stands for. Yeah, one H. <laughs> better. That's better for us. That night, Fitzpatrick was away from the group shooting ducks when he was attacked by Aborigines with spears. He ran. Hearing his screams, Hume rushed to help with his gun and chased them off. Hobble never moved the whole time. I'll watch the pan! <laughs> Later, Hume went to find them to talk to them about the local area. So he shoots at these guys and he goes, ah, I just talk. Ah, just... I go talk to him about it. Hey! And they were totally cool. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and, and then uh, he even brought some of them back to the camp, which Hobble was very upset about. And he wrote, uh, we, we don't have enough tarps! And he wrote disapprovingly of Hume's familiarity with the Aboriginal people. Hume compared the land with descriptions made by Matthew Flinders and concluded they were in Port Phillip, which is here. Hobble fiddled with his compass, looked at the sun, and claimed they were at Western Port, which is what Governor Brisbane's objective had been. <laughs> Hume pointed out the lack of any big islands or small penguins. Look, we're here, okay? Hobble was chief navigator, so it was Western Port. Okay. Hume would turn out to be right. Chief navigator Hobble was, as usual, wrong. <laughs> Hume wanted to survey the area for future, set future settlement, but Hobble wanted to go home. They fucking walked for all this time, and they get there, and like, well, let's hang out here and eat fish, and we'll explore it. The other no. Guy's like, I'm going home. No, I'm done here. No. No, whatever. Have fun. Have your fun. I'm taking the pram wheel and half of a tarp. Quarter, now the quarter tarp. 
whatever it is, I don't need you. Okay? <laughs> fine before him, I'll be fine after you. I'll just go get a bunch of tents and saddles. <laughs> so on I December... You. I'm right here still. I, I thought I left. No. Okay. <sighs> yeah, nothing's happened. I just get so crazy sometimes. <laughs> Don't go through my journal. <laughs> Uh, so on December 18th, after just two days on the coast, they headed back north. Hume used what he learned from the Aboriginal people they met to take an easier path. The next day, they heard a cannon firing off the coast. Okay. It was a ship. What else? Yeah. Would it, be? <laughs> it was a cannon, a rogue cannon. <laughs> it was a so, liar bird. So <laughs> just flying by. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're dogs. <laughs> Fuck are they? We're dogs. We're dogs. I, I, all I see is birds. <laughs> we're dogs, not birds. We got this shit. <laughs> <laughs> we are birds. Um, so they hear the ship. Hugh wanted to go back and find the ship, and everyone agreed except Havel, who argued and debated and started switching everyone's opinion. <laughs> Jesus. Hume was eventually outvoted. Things got awkward again. Uh-oh. Havel and Hume. I out. love the way... Here's the thing I will say, though, because we're clearly on Hume's side, yeah. but you've got to admire that Hovel obviously has some persuasion because as soon as Hume's out of the room, Hovel is able to fucking right, yeah. turn he's the like, rest of the crew. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's bullshit. Everything's bullshit. Right. You've yeah. got to admire that a little bit. He's, yeah. the, he's the little finger of this situation. <laughs> he's, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he's also the best antagonist. Right. I mean, he's just fit, he fits the, the shithead roles. I mean, he is. He's like the bad guy in Karate Kid. He's like, no, you're wrong. I'm right. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. (laughs) You know, he said he named the river after his dad, but we all know he named it after himself. Yeah, you are kind of right. And that H in a tree, you think that stands for me? That's all Hume. Nightmare. And his half of the tarp was terrible. even case. No tarp. Name one thing his half of the tarp did. Name one thing, Okay. I think you'll find it didn't do anything. Whereas my tarp, I think, did four things, if memory serves. I think it did four things, or three or four things. A couple better. of rivers, a scrotum. Yeah. Three or remember, four things. Remember when I made the tarp ball back for him? Man, what I, uh, uh, <laughs> So now, Hobble and Hume are only speaking when necessary. The group started the 700-kilometer trek back to Sydney. They killed the bull that was struggling the most, and soon the journey became desperate. They ate their last beef on Christmas Eve and then went on a no-food diet. Isn't that diet called starving? Yeah. Right. It's interesting. Hume kept morale high. He was a great leader. Havel spent his time complaining to his journal. (laughs) You're the only one who gets me, me. Uh, Hume pushed the band to go 30 kilometers a day. Their clothes started falling off in the baking heat. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Hume. That's yeah. hot. Yeah. Oh, shit, my pants melted. <laughs> All right, I'm going to 
Daffy Duckett for a little while, gang. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> this is me now. Wish my shirt went first. That's kind of a buccaneer look, but here I am just porky pigging my way through the bush. Don't. <laughs> Over here! It's so weird that he just doesn't have pants on anytime. Come on, guys. Figure it out. Pull this shirt down a little bit. Cover up my tarp nuts. That, that was the name of the book he wrote, Tarp Nuts. <laughs> and it obviously has two meanings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tarp Nuts, the great Australian hovel. <laughs> Uh, Hume met another group of aborigines uh, on the way to learn easier routes. He built such good relations with them that his men were invited to visit their camp uh, where they were treated as honored guests. Hobble, however, declined the invitation and went north with with his three convicts, including Boyd, who was very disappointed. I feel like Tom Boyd is the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of this story. I would love just to see a whole thing about Tom Boyd. <laughs> and the way he's got, it's like when your parents call you in. He's just like, I gotta go. Uh, Havel said, Havel. Just, <laughs> I gotta go again, so. All right. Anyway. I'm just... probably gonna die, because he's such a fucking idiot, but um, at least he my brought... leader has pants on. He wrote a book. It was just called Fuck. <laughs> With eight U's. <laughs> so Hobble then got lost again. Hmm. Hume eventually had to find him. Hey. They had run out of ammunition in the dogs. How many times are we going to do this? <laughs> I miss us. <laughs> <laughs> they had run out of ammunition and the dogs were now useless. Each man had... Uh, three kilos of flour to last them 220 kilometers. <laughs> uh, Their shoes were worn through and they were starting to hobble. And then they remembered they left a bunch of gear by the first big river with the carts and a barrel of salt pork. Oh. Hume took them to find Wait, it. But the salted pork didn't make it in the what we need to go on category? Well, it's a barrel. Still, I mean, I would... How many saddles came? Well, they figured on the way they'd eat a bunch of meat that was out there. And how the fuck do you have to remember that? That'd be the first thing. You'd be like, we got a barrel of pork. Let's go get this. I just remembered. We can live. (laughs) Just dawned on me. Existence can continue. (laughs) Ah, shit. Whoo. Hopefully I got some pants there, because I am a weirdo. I'm like your dad on Father's Day all the time. I don't know what's going on. I mean, it was the first example of somebody pork barreling a regional area in Australia, but... Oh, fuck you. I don't know. Fuck you. Fuck you. I don't know. I had a moment Sorry, earlier, tried so. to get political. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know what that means. Hume took them east to find it, and for once, Hobble did not argue. They struggled for six days before, before reaching the supplies. At this point, three of the convicts were basically walking skeletons. Claude was one of them. He was now naked and had to be carried. 
He they knew they were skeletons because they had those skeleton charts. Yeah, you know how. They're like, oh like... my god, he looks like the charts. Thank God we fucking brought these. <laughs> <laughs> now we know what you're gonna look like. This. Who's carrying Claude? My guess is not Hovel. Not Hovel. No. Uh, so they ate the salt pork and had a boost in energy and morale. So then Hobble decided to ruin everyone's fun by demanding Boyd and Bollard stay behind and put together his cart and to use the bulls to drag it back to Sydney. What? Hume simply left his cart behind. On yeah, I mean, who get Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what a dick. He wants his cart. He, he was going to die. He <laughs> now, now I need my stuff, too. On Tuesday, January... Get that half the frying pan as well. That's mine. On Tuesday, January 18th, they reached Hume's southern property. They had made it. On January 24th, Boyd and Bollard arrived with Hovel's cart. Six <laughs> days later. <laughs> at, at age 26, Hamilton Hume had done the impossible. He gave the colony hope of expansion into do, to new lands. The only life lost was one dog and a bull. Hume and Hovel agreed they would go to Sydney together to tell the governor about their success. The day before they were supposed to leave, Hovel said he had to do some business. Here we go. What a bastard. This motherfucker. What an asshole. I'm excited for tomorrow, though. Ready to cross the T's and dot the I's on this other appointment that I have. And then I'll be back to talk about Nothing suspicious to do. What, do you think I'm up to something? We shared a tent. Come on. Come on. Anyway, if I could just get Tom Boyd and Claude over here, please. No, no. Come with me, Claude. I'm so cold. Yeah, you are. We'll just call you cold from now on. Get over here. (laughs) There you go. Claude's now cold. Yep. So he says he has a meeting in the next town, and then he would meet Hume there the next day, and they would go to Sydney together. But when Hume got to the meeting place, the next day, he learned Hovel had already left for Sydney. What? Shocked. <laughs> Shocking. Hume was furious and rode after him as quick... Oh. It's fine. It's just in a weird old school ring. That's yeah. the problem. I just picture someone actually with a phone. Yeah, they it, brought feels from their like house. it feels like Hovel. It feels like that was Hovel ringing him. Yeah. <laughs> Bad news, dickhead. <laughs> I didn't have another appointment at all. <laughs> and oh, the weird wait, thing man. is, a lot of you are like, the phone wasn't invented then, but the trick was it was actually a bird pretending to be a phone. <laughs> well, I just got off the phone with Hume. Oh, he was sounding like a bird again. (laughs) He just kept saying, I'm a dog, I'm a dog. (laughs) I know it's him. So, Hume manages to catch up with Hovel. And they had a very awkward ride to Sydney together. Yes, yes. Yeah. Hey, remember, uh, remember that time you said you were going to do some business and then took off uh, to Sydney? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was today. I know. Yeah. How much longer is the ride, do you oh, think? Is it a lot yeah. longer? Yeah, it's going to be is like Is that Will days. Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he rode public transit like <laughs> us. <laughs> why, the, why the fuck is he standing up in a Miata? He's up. <laughs> Hume uh, had already sent 
word to the governor of their success, but not, did not mention how big of an asshole Havel had been. Yeah. When they returned the government-supplied equipment to the colony store, officials complained that some of the equipment had worn out. <laughs> Fucking dickheads. <laughs> Once in Sydney, Havel got to work trying to take credit. He tried to use his upper-class contacts to gain a private audience with the governor. He uses contacts at the Australian newspaper to emphasize his role in the expedition with the publications putting Hovel's name first and referring to, quote, Mr. Hovel and his party. That's weird because that's the only time in the history of the Australian newspaper it's been used for fake news. Yeah. So... <laughs> One description of the journey made Hovel seem like an expert bushman and navigator and gave warnings from him that the country was impassable. Hume wrote replies to the paper saying the country was not impassable and that he bet any man 500 pounds he could take a horse and cart down to the south coast. No one took him up on the bet. Wow, that's crazy. One of the expedition group anonymously wrote a letter, quote, had it not been for the perseverance and abilities of Mr. Hume, the object of the journey would have been accomplished. We regret much that Mr. Hume allowed such a person as Mr. Hovel who possessed such poor abilities as an explorer to be part of the party. Hang on, they're blaming Hume for Hovel? No, no, they're just saying... Uh, no, they're not blaming him for Hovel. Okay. They're just saying... <laughs> saying Hovel's the worst? Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Another newspaper jumped in and questioned why Hume sent a letter to the governor that didn't refer to Hovel enough. The paper implied Hume's status as a uh, white native currency lad meant Hovel deserved more respect. Ugh. Hovel then retreated from public view, knowing the convicts would back Hume's side of the story. Hume was given more land, and in 1826, the new governor, Ralph Darling, wanted to settle the south coast to keep it from the French. And he wanted Hume to go and survey it, but Hume passed. So Darling turned to Hovel. Oh, yes. Hume then agreed to go. (laughs) (laughs) He can't resist him. Oh, my God. Such a love-hate relationship. What is going what? on? Hovel and Hume were traveling together, although Wh- this time... Why the fuck? Why? What is... Why? This is what? like the reunion what? sequel of fucking Will and Grace. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was what? a Netflix reboot? Like, what the fuck's going on? How he couldn't he... let him go alone because then he would go down there and just fucking lie about everything they had done. Right. So he had to go with him. Okay, so it's a spite trip. It's not even a spy trip. It's just save the, you know, truth trip. Okay. Hobble's going to fucking lie his ass off, and Hume's going to try to stop him. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you've got to think that Hume's got to, like, I mean, he's yeah. height-exploring a little. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. true, yeah. Right? Yep. He's like, he likes it a bit. Yeah, he's like, yeah. he likes uh, the drama. I can't really get off exploring unless Hobble's there fucking bumming out my vibe, you know? I mean, it was kind he's of He's like a to- guy who needs to strangle himself to get off when he masturbates. <laughs> It's like I like exploring, but it's not a challenge if there's not like a guy fucking it up at every opportunity. I need to know I could die. I need my Costanza. <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so the this time, together. this time they went by boat. Two frying pans. What are the adjustments? No, we're on a boat. Okay. They <laughs> landed at Western Port, which is the. I area. can't wait until they have an argument and cut it in half. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they landed at Western Port, which is the area Havel believed they reached on the expedition. It wasn't. They fired cannons and declared it for Britain. They slowly realized they were in the wrong area. Havel had clearly led them to the wrong place, and he refused to admit it. He insisted they set up a settlement there, which they did. Okay, so they're just pretending. Yeah. That's fun. They're playing house. So Havel received 1,000 acres of land for his efforts. Cool. He for compl- not finding it He properly? complained it was not enough. Okay, sure. Well, he thinks he did find it. Does he? Yeah. He I really think he does? does? No, he can't. Yeah, I don't think he does. I think he's just, like, out of his mind. So he's like, it is! Everyone smile! <laughs> <laughs> Hume, on the other hand, was very helpful. In 1827, he set off to find an easier route over the Blue Mountains. After a month, he came back and said he had found several routes. He was rewarded with 1,000 acres of land. The sediment hovel had pushed to be set up at the wrong location failed after two years. One official wrote, quote, Nothing could have been less satisfactory than the information obtained from Mr. Hovel. What just happened? Sorry, I, you what was that? It. I don't know, Something. some weird little thing just dropped on you. It looked like a moth, but I believe it was a bird in disguise. <laughs> I'm a moth. I'm dead. I saw it out of the corner of my eye, but yeah, I didn't it, like, want to dropped stop. on your pants. I was trying to be professional. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to talk about it either, but it was super weird. Yep. You, show, you know a show's going well when a dead moth falls from the sky. <laughs> the moth is like, God, how long is this? <laughs> I give up not using my wings. I'm going away from the light. Away! <laughs> Fuck everything. So, quote, nothing could have been less satisfactory than the information obtained by Mr. Hovel. Okay, right. Hume began turning down offers of expeditions to focus on his property. He was now breeding sheep, which would become the best sheep in the colony. One of the trips he turned down was an 1830 expedition following the Darling River south. On that trip, explorer Sturt found a great river, which he called the Murray. This was actually the Hume River, already discovered and named Hume. Okay. But yeah, Sturt... but it was after Sturt's dad, Murray. <laughs> <laughs> So Sturt second discovered it, and from now on, it would be known as the Murray. Uh, that's called Christopher Columbusing a River. <laughs> <laughs> Years later, in 1853, Hume was a hugely successful farmer. That's when Hobble started making public appearances recounting the famous expedition in 1824. He bragged about what he had done, and his version quickly became the accept- accepted story. Uh, of course. Oh, my God. This of is course. like NSYNC getting back together without Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It is. Hume was pissed. Then in December 1853, Hobble held a meeting in Melbourne and took credit for the whole expedition. He even took a group to a place he claimed was the end point of the expedition, which it obviously wasn't. Hume was livid, though none of it turned out to be true. Hobble had never taken full credit in his speech. Hume had never written about the expedition, but now he decided to write an account of the journey called A Brief Statement of Facts in Connection with an Overland Expedition from Lake George to Port Phillip in 1824. Catchy. Uh, the other working title was Hume Dares Wins. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to call it I'm Going Hume. Yeah. <laughs> Hume is where the heart is. 
Hobbles a cunt. I've got a whole bunch of ideas. <laughs> Tom Boyd picked the wrong side. I've got a lot of working titles. Okay. My bottomless journey. <laughs> My bit of the tarp was fine too. My story. By Hume. How frying pans work. My way or the highway. Uh, so it took Hume a year to write the book. He reached out to Boyd, Angel, and Fitzpatrick, who all backed him. They were now respectable members of society, and that gave their accounts more weight. Hume's book was published in 1855. Hume politically criticized Hobble, but the ex-convicts didn't hold back. Oh, sorry, politely criti- criticized Hobble, but the convicts did not hold back. They depicted Hobble as a coward and a liability. Boyd wrote, quote, but for Mr. Hume, we would never have come back at all. Uh, we would have died in the bush had we depended on Mr. Hovel. Hume made sure people realized that Hovel's mistaking Western Port for Port Phillip had delayed the establishment of Melbourne for a decade. It's quite a legacy. Yeah. Hovel thought that his status as a sterling Briton would protect him from attacks by a native currency lad, but it wasn't. His great name was being soiled by social inferiors, and he was horrified. He wrote to Hume immediately after the book was published. There is one passage that compels me to take immediate notice of it. On page 17, and in Henry Angel's statement, are the words, Mr. Hume got in a passion, and I think called both Mr. Hobble and Claude Bossua cowards. In order that there may be no ambiguity on the subject, I want now, sir, an immediate answer from you whether or not uh, you did apply the word coward to me. This was basically an invitation to a duel. Hume replied, quote, in reply to your last paragraph referring to Angel's statement in which he says he thinks I called both you and Claude cowards, he may be right. Cool. Cool. Hobble being Hobble did not challenge Hume to a duel. Okay, just wanted to... You want... good? Yep. Are you good? Okay, so I, so, no, I was just trying to make sure... I'll meet it... you at six for a duel. I'm in Goulburn. <laughs> <laughs> but he did accuse Hume I of... I miss us. He did accuse Hume of mendacious innuendos and cooked sentences. <laughs> Hobble published two pamphlets... Reply to a brief statement of facts in connection. <laughs> Reply to a brief statement of facts in connection with an Overland expedition, expedition for Lake if George. Imagine knew what, what titles were. But also, what I love is mendacious. What was the fucking phrase? Mendacious, mendacious innuendos. That yeah. was like the old way of a fancy way of saying fake news. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. he's yeah. just saying so fake true. news, but he's like mendacious. That's innuendos. what we should switch to. Yeah. Well, no, that's a uh, mendacious innuendo. That is another mendacious. In- I never said that. I don't talk like that. That's a mendacious innuendo. CNN is full of mendacious innuendos. I only do Fox News because they have less mendacious innuendos. So what am I going to do? What am I supposed to do? You know? Washington Post, New York Times, failing. Mendacious. <laughs> <laughs> who who are you doing I don't know nobody nobody because it seems like you're doing no just a guy a random guy somebody who maybe needs to talk to a therapist but I don't know it's not a person 
<laughs> I think you're crazy for thinking that's someone specific. Uh, the other pamphlet was titled An Answer to the Preface to the Second Edition of Mr. Hamilton Hume's A Brief Statement of Facts. Hey, uh, longer, longer than the pamphlet. Let me <laughs> just tell me the sequel's name again. An Answer to the Preface to the Second Edition of Mr. Hamilton Hume's A Brief Statement of Facts. <laughs> no, I mean, it just should be Mendacious Innuendo 2. <laughs> Mendacia. Innuendo. <laughs> but the narrative then turned against Hobble, and he was now referred to in newspapers as having, quote, accompanied Hume on the expedition and not a very good Bushman. <laughs> Hume became ill in 1865. He started drinking and lost some of his property, and he died on his property named Humewood on wow. April After he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wood. <laughs> uh, he died April 1873, 75 years old. For most of the 20th 75? century. 75? 75. Pretty solid. Fucking, that's not bad. Uh, For back then, that really was like isn't. heaps. That's it was heaps more back then. Yeah, yeah that was heaps more back then. Um, for most of the 20th century. like centu- 150 now. Yeah, yeah, no. For most of the 20th century, school uh, kids in Australia were taught that Hobble played a defining role in the 1824 expedition. He was actually just shit. <laughs> Hobble died a wealthy farmer on November 9th, uh, 1875. So just like a few months after. Sure. Hobble mistaking Western Port for Port Phillip delayed the establishment of Melbourne for a decade. That was his claim to fame. I think hold I I think the uh, the the lesson that we learned from this is keep a diary yep just inflate yourself yep Ah, saved an old woman from uh, drowning today Another day in the life of me, I guess. While you're just sitting there bottomless with a shirt on eating pizza. Well, took a bullet for a man today. Oh, I never, I never, I forgot. Um, So they never got pants again. I I left that out. Oh, they spent the rest of their life without pants? Yeah. It's a good Um, look, though. I think that's a look everybody wants. But every time people saw him, they're like, oh, you're the expedition guy. I was, I was. I'm uh, really a... getting burned up out here. My legs are sore. Yeah, you can actually put pants on. Hmm? No, we don't need pants. We need shirts and bow ties. <laughs> and a top hat. Good day, sir, to you. <laughs> Flick my tails in your direction. <laughs> Off I go. Genitals aimed. <laughs> It's actually the name of my book, General Zane. <laughs> well, it's actually a response letter to the initial uh, perception of the idea that genitals are something that you are having exposed if you don't have pants on. Uh, a preface to the version that will be released. You think about it. Who is sad that their friend brought them? <laughs> Hume? <laughs> and that'll do it! <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you. Thank you to Will Anderson. We appreciate it very much, guys. Thank you. I was close.
Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there.